What's going on, y'all? This is Jordan McCabe. Welcome back. Episode two, season two of Subject to Change. I got a very important guest and one that's not too far from me right now. His hometown is in Florida, where I'm at right now. It'll never look like this again, folks, until we get a good studio. I digress. Anthony Simmons from the Portland Trailblazers is here with us tonight. Ant-Man, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate no, it. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So, like I said, you're you're originally from Florida, correct? Yeah, Orlando, to be exact. Orlando area. So, did you grow up with uh, like uh, with Nasir around him? Um, he kind of he kind of grew up on the other side of town. Okay. So I really didn't. I really didn't. We really didn't connect until we got older in AAU. We started playing on different AAU teams, and then we kind of met like beginning of high school, that's when we started playing against each other. He, he's with the Trailblazers, correct, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, dude, I didn't even really put that together until just now. So those of you that don't know who I'm talking about, Nasir Little plays for the Portland Trailblazers, just like Ant, and uh, he, he's from the Orlando area, so I had to throw that out there. Um, but, yeah, man, let's, let's jump right into to you and your story. Um, it, it's a crazy one. Uh, the overview, folks, is, you know, well, let me – See, this is what happens, and I just start talking, and then I do like... I know. You got it. <laughs> let me let you talk. You tell me, all right, Anthony Simmons, start, like, beginning of basketball. Where'd you start with that stuff? So, you know, basic basic story of starting basketball, my dad put the ball in my hand. Okay. Um, I used to watch my dad play all the time, and, you know, just kind of grew, grew loving the game. Um, yeah. It's crazy, because, like, it's like... You know, like how your story was. You know, you was in that spot like at an early age, and right. you were like working out at a young age too. Right. So it was like it's it's it was funny to see back then because like I started working out young. My dad was pushing me at, like six or seven, like cussing oh, me so out. That, that, that early six seven. Yes. Damn. Six seven working me out, very hard on me from the beginning. So um, you know that's. That's where, where it all started at. My dad just pushed me from the beginning and it kind of grew me into being a hard worker just naturally. I, I feel like I feel like there's so many so Pops has really been like the, the center of your basketball career, you would say? For sure. So you said uh you said Pops was the center of everything for you. Um I, I always think it's funny. So how you said he was hard on you. because I had a father who he was he was, you know, a key role in my stuff, but he was hard as hell on me too. Talk to me about some post game, some post game. Like hey, you smile already because you know what it is, and and those that have the dads like this know what this is too. Tell me about some road trips back from an AAU tournament that maybe didn't go so well. What was pops like in those? Um, let's think one. I think I was in middle school one time, and I we played we played we got two games in one day. And um, the first game, I played terrible. So, you know, he's on me. He took me back to the back, cussed me out, terrified. And all of a sudden, next game, I just go out and <laughs> score like 30. Killing him. And that's looking how, at him, how, walking down the court, looking at him like, yeah, that's right, what? <laughs> but, like, at, at, at that time, I, like, I didn't, I didn't really understand, like, you know, the importance of, you know, playing hard and going at it each and every time you're on the court. So, my dad kind of had to scare me into doing it. So, like, if I don't, if I don't go out there and play, play, 
So that's what makes it happen. I mean, I feel you, dude. That's uh, I always love that. As soon as somebody's like, "Yeah, pops was the biggest role," I already know where it's where we're headed because my dad was, you know, the same way uh, in that sense. But okay, so we're moving we're moving through middle school now, um, and you're kind of now you're making your way to high school. You started out going to high school in Florida, correct? Yeah, I went to I went to Edgewater High School from my freshman year. Um, to my junior year, that's my junior year. I transferred to Montverde for a year. Junior, the four um, junior year. Yeah, like right, like I left like October from Edgewater in my junior year. It okay. went there, went to Montverde to play, and then I ended up coming back from Montverde that same year, like in February, and I finished up my high school career in uh, Edgewater. You want to go into that, or you know what? What, what was it about my it was like, that work out? Um, I mean, it was just you know playing time was kind of up and down, and you know like our team was like was was really really talented and good. So like, who was on, who it was, was kind of confusing. Team? It was me, um, obviously RJ, uh, Simi, Shitu, uh, Silvio. EJ, um, who else on that team? That's a guy named Howard Washington, named Devontae Jordan, mm-hmm. and who else? Bruno, Fernando. So we basically like we like it was. It came to a point to where like we were playing like five and five. So like we'll sub, we'll, we'll start five players and then we'll sub in different five and we we'll just play like that the whole time. So like so nobody. Yeah, nobody nobody could get a good grasp of like how much you're gonna play each game and mm. like some games you'll start and the next game you won't play at all. So it'd be it's it was for that for like all the players too. So um, you know, it was kind of it was kind of confusing in that sense. So I just wanted to end my high school career at home and, you know, play in front of my family. No, that's dope. I uh I love talking about about going the prep route. You know, a lot of a lot of kids who are following you or following me watch, you know, the way we go through things because there's a lot of – there's more options, you know, ever than there ever have been for kids growing up in basketball. I mean, kids play for how many different AU teams and then they, you know, either they go public school where they grew up or they go prep. They got all these options, right? So what was, what was it for you, obviously, for whatever reason? I mean, that stuff happens at prep. But, but what was the big thing for you at prep school that made you want to go to Mount Burke? Um, my junior, so my junior, I had a good sophomore year. I was, I was, I was still small though, but I grew a little bit when I got to my junior year. And um, you know, they they called me, and I was like, I mean, they they're not too far up the street. They're like forty minutes away. So um, they said they needed somebody. That one of their players went down, um, named Marcus. He tore his ACL that year in practice. So. Um, they need a point guard to come in and, and play. So, um, you know, at first I was hesitant, but then my parents were like, you got to do it. It's, it's, you know, it's a good way to get your name out there and get some, you know, get some colleges to look at you because not, you know, that many – it wasn't that many that was looking at me like that. So, um, when I went there, I just, you know, trying to take a leap of faith and, you know, go in there with a clear mind. And, um, you know, it was a good experience, though. I learned a lot playing against – top ranked players every day in practice. That was probably the, the biggest thing. So when I came back, I just, 
I knew that I needed to get better for mm-hmm. sure. So um, that's what, you know, led me to, you know, my game evolving the way it did um, starting my junior year. And actually that year I, I reclassed too. So, um, you know, a lot of guys were older than me too, and I was still underdeveloped. So I decided to reclass. And, yeah. You know, decided to go to prep school to IMG, obviously, after I graduated from Edgewater. Right, right. No, that's that's good. So did that did that fuel you, like, coming back from Mount Bird, knowing – and now you're seeing all the, the national, you know, level of talent. Did that fuel you in terms of how hard you were working and what you were putting in? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know – it let me know, like, it was kind of a wake-up call, like, how much these guys are ahead of me and how much harder I got to work just to even catch up or even surprise them. So um, I think that's something I just – I think that might have been one of my best summers, you know, obviously playing on UA circuit that year and um, leading 16U and scoring that year. So I think, you know, that was that was a turning point in my whole mentality. No, I'm really I'm, – I'm glad you touched on that because there's there's definitely – there's definitely a kid or kids out there listening right now that either are going through it or are going to go through it at some point. Um, and I don't think a lot of kids realize it. It's that's, that's, you know, the defining moment. I don't know if that is your defining moment, but it was definitely one that, that boosted you because what the, you know, kids listening need to understand is adversity is going to hit and it's going to hit real hard and you got to yeah, sure. you know, swallow the pride at that time. You know what I mean? And you have to find a way to dig so much deeper than you probably thought. Because going into Mount Verde, you might have thought, you know, I'm putting in a, you know, enough work. I'm, I'm excelling at a good rate. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you get around, you know, killers. And, and then you just decide whether or not you're going to become one or not. And I think that's really cool that, that you know, listeners got to, got to get an inside scoop on that. Because what that then leads to is when I meet you, um, I saw you on the UA circuit killing people. Um, this is where OT better start running Anthony Simmons highlight clips. It's Simmons, right? Or Simons? It's Simon Simmons. It don't matter. I know people tweaking me. It's Simons though. Simons. It's All okay. Right. It's okay. OT start running Simons highlight clip right down here because that's what I met on UA circuit. You were just, I mean, in terms of athleticism and, and that stuff, you're above, you know, anybody else at, at your position in UA and it wasn't close. And then I got to meet you even, you know, more towards uh, – I think that would have been the end of junior year, top 100 camp. Uh, did I go into junior year? I actually, No, it was actually it was actually after our, my senior year at Edgewater. That's the year I got invited. I didn't get invited that, that year. The okay, year okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, I had went the year before as well. I went the first year, my junior mm-hmm. year, and then before my senior year or whatever, after my senior year. And then that second year, we were on the same team. Um, and I know they got clips on that. So as those are running, you know, when, when, was, when was the breakout? When did, when did Anthony become Anthony in terms of, like, time in your career? Was it before Top 100? Was it UA Circuit? What was it? It was at Top 100, honestly. It was? Uh, it was right there? Yeah, because we was – I know you remember, we was killing teams by, like, 50 <laughs> – and it was like it was like it was crazy because like we didn't have like all the top top guys at all. Like we didn't like it was crazy. Ronda Ronda did a good job of coaching us, man. It Ronda did. That Ronda did was Ronda did a good job of coaching us. Like cause we was we was we were undefeated. That we were whole, undefeated. That whole that whole camp. 
by a landslide. Easily. And we were we were up like we were at, we were up crazy at like halftime in the championship game like by like fifty. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, man. We I, were like, I think we, we our chemistry up, was crazy. It was crazy. We ended up getting three I think three of our guys made top ten in the camp or whatever at the at the final ceremony. I mean, it it was it was stupid. That camp for you was a huge thing, obviously, and just a launch pad, right? And for me, same type of deal. I mean, just kind of lucky that we end up on on the team that that uh, you know gels it all together. Rajon Rondo's our coach and putting it all together. But yeah, so you you go there, you kill top one hundred, and you said this is after your senior year. Yeah. So. so this was like right before I was going to go to IMG. What was your thought process? Had you already been locked in IMG before going to top 100 or what was your thought process? Yeah, I, I think I was pretty much locked in. Um, Cause I think was was Pangos before or after? Oh yeah, I forgot. We, Pangos, I saw you there too. I think that was before, I think. It was, it was, it was all in June. I knew it was all in June. It might've been before. Yeah. I'm not it might've sure. been before. Was Pangos when you made your decision, or? Yeah, Pangos was Pangos is when I made my decision, like right in between Pangos and Top One Hundred camp. What did those conversations look like, uh, you know, with you and Pops and family at that time? Because it, it was it was IMG or go the college route, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. So, um, the plan was always go to go to prep school, and the, you know, I was committed to Louisville then. So I wanted to. At first, I was going to like say like. I was going to leave halfway through the year and go to Louisville early and start there early. Um, yeah. But obviously that didn't happen when I, when all that stuff happened and I decommitted um, in like October or something. So um, I just decided to stay the whole year and um, kind of start my recruiting all over again. Cause I was committed to Louisville for like a year and a half by then. So um, just start my recruitment over, which was crazy. Like it was, did you did you go into IMG thinking at that time? Okay, I just came from a decommitment from Louisville. I mean, the ship blows up there, so you got to jump. And now, was your mindset going to IMG? This is the like kind of rerun of my recruiting process. Or by the time you were going to IMG, jump into the pros was was your like only kind of option or thought process? No, not really. Um, not, I'm honestly not at all. I didn't even know I could do that until like um, <laughs> I went to the I went to the first tournament, and um, you know one of the writers was was talking about how um, you know you're eligible for the draft because you're gonna turn 19 before the draft, and um, you were one, you're gonna be one year out of out of high school. So uh, and I was then that made me really think. I was like, oh, okay, and then it was like um, as soon as as soon as people was like, oh he he's decide on whether to go to college or end in the draft. And I said I was going to test the waters. Um, they started putting me on draft boards at like, you know, 20, 2018, 17. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess. So you just, you, know, stum- you just stumbled into the NBA? That's what you're telling me? I, D- damn near. Bro, Are you saying you didn't you, even know that was an option? Not, not at all. I didn't even know. Like, I was so cut on, like, trying to decide which college I was trying to go to because I had to regain relationships with different coaches and stuff, and they were calling me every other day. Yeah, and that gets that gets crazy. So I could completely see how a post-grad year would let you kind of really, like, 
to get everything you need out of, you know, the recruiting process because it's wild. Um, but man, that's crazy. So you had no idea until somebody tapped you on the shoulder and said, yo, Ant, you want to go to the NBA right now? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> that's yeah, I was just doing it. I was just doing a random interview with, with, you know, a writer from ESPN and, um, he just told me that I'm eligible for the draft and I'm like, okay. This I didn't really like, think about it. Wait till the season? Now this is like, this is like at the beginning of the season, like like sort of when the season starts around what November. Yeah. So it was probably like late November. I found out. Man. Um, at first, I was just like, okay, whatever. But then, obviously, people were like, you know, you're probably gonna be a first round pick, and I'm like, well, I could just why wait and play a year of college when I could just do it right now and work my way up. Yeah, because because you were you were the first you're the first American since 2005. I'm sure you've heard the stat a bunch of times, but just to make sure people know what we're dealing with here, the first American drafted out of high school after doing his post grad year, um, and you were drafted 24th overall and right to Portland, right? Mm-hmm. Right to Portland. Okay, man, that's that's crazy. So now now we're making the jump from prep high school basketball to the National Basketball Association, the biggest stage of them all. Tell them, because everybody wants to know, what what's the biggest adjustment? I'm sure you have been asked a lot, but I'm curious. What's the biggest adjustment from the level you were at to now being in the NBA? What's the, what are some key adjustments you can go on all day about this? I want to say everything, but, I mean, if you want to speed of the game, physicality, and, you know, everybody's IQ through the roof. I mean, most of them IQ through the roof. So um, those are the three things you got to, you got to understand your opponent, understand what they do well. Um, obviously you have the strength to, to do things, guard, get through screens, all that other stuff. And um, obviously you got to have IQ. So um, I think, you know, the first year I'm just, I'm just learning what the NBA game is like. So I'm just watching you know, Dame and CJ and them play all the time. So just trying to learn from them. You know, and this year it's actually going out there and playing and, um, you know, kind of going through those things that you saw and going through those, like, growing pains and stuff um, and trying to get, get through those. Yeah. No, no doubt. There's obviously, you know, making that kind of jump, there's a, there's a learning curve and obviously you handle it crazy well. Your first kind of breakout game – was the last game of your your rookie season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you tell us about that because go ahead and read the stat line. I ain't even gonna read it. You you I know you know well, how many did you have in that game? I had thirty seven. Thirty seven of them. I watched yeah. everyone in the hotel. Go ahead. Tell tell us about uh, that game. So the night before we played, we was playing on a basketball. We played the night before in LA. Um, I remember that because we won the game winner, and um. So everybody, just, everybody didn't want to put all the all the guys that played. They didn't want to play the last game because we knew we were gonna make the playoffs, and we most likely gonna get the what the three or the four or the five seed, whatever, something like that. Um, so coach came up to all the young guys and was like, "You're gonna play the whole game, literally the whole game." So uh, you know, I just had to get my mind right for it. And so uh, you know, when the game came and it was like, um, you know, Dane came up to me and was like. Take your time. You're gonna have a lot of time to, you know, shoot and just play the game and, um, you know, take it slow. So, um, 
you know, just starting off the game, I just try to just relax, knowing knowing that I'm gonna have the ball in my hands most of the game. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of boosted my confidence as well, because knowing that you know I got control of the game and I could feel out the game as well. So, went out there and you know just took all the shots that I you know want like to take and um, you know knock them down and started started getting started started getting hot. Honestly, yeah, I mean, started, you started, there. started cooking. I can't remember where the where I was sitting, but. I think I want to say we were on the road somewhere and I'm sitting there and I knew because I was watching uh, Javon Carter, who's a West Virginia grad, uh, play in, in some of his first games too, uh, where he's playing a lot towards the end of the season. A lot of the vets and stuff, you know, playoff pictures painted. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of this chance now for the younger guys to, to prove what the next years in the league are going to look like. Um, so you were in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's, that's, that's an obvious question, but I ask it only because I, I'm, I'm trying to get into reading here for me. Okay. I'm sitting out here on the beach. I'm reading books. All right. And I'm reading Relentless by Tim Grover. I don't know if you're much yep, of a good book. I already read it. You already, already read, read it? it? Yeah. That's, that's good stuff, right? About being a cleaner yeah. and stuff. So he talks about, talks about being in the zone. I love that we're connected already on this. So tell me, in that game, you know, what are you feeling? Because everybody wants to recreate the zone, but it's not easy to do. But if you can think back, I know it's been a while now, um, to that game, what are you feeling in terms of where your nerve level is, where your, you know, excitement, are you amped up? And I'm not going to talk for you, but you're pretty, like, even-keeled dude, right? Mm Level-headed? Yeah, Yeah. so, so talk to me about... Talk to me about all the little stuff going in that, that real hoopers are going to want to know right now. Um, obviously, you just being anxious of wanting to go out there knowing. But, like, I knew that I was going to have time to get going and, and, and try to try to attack, attack in different spots. So um, I was kind of relaxed in, in that state because I knew, you know, obviously I'm not going to get taken out. There's <laughs> nothing <laughs> that, I do. So I, can, I can go out there and make mistakes and be all right. right. And, um, you know, take the shots I want to take. But at the same time, I just want to go out there and be aggressive and leave everything out there and, you know, not leave nothing out there. That's the perfect opportunity to, to just go out there and play freely with, with no regrets. So um, I think that's what kind of drove me to, for, from that game is to go out there and just play. You know, I'm not going to get taken out. I'm not going to, you know, they might obviously going to say something for taking a bad shot. But at the same time, you're going to go out there and go out there and keep playing. Yeah. So, yeah. At yeah, the same no. time, you just go out there and play and just hoop. No, that's that's awesome. So, would you say it's like, you know, pre-game you're anxious, right? You got butterflies and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. And then much. you you sink into this. Soon as you hit the court, Anthony being Anthony, you're just straight faced. I'm sure level headed, ready to go. And that that anxiety then kind of morphs into like this kind of like relaxed feeling, right? Yeah. As soon as I drop into it. Yeah, it's more of like. I the more I get relaxed more when I when I actually like when I touch the ball, really I touch it, feel on it. Like I get relaxed because I know like now I have control. Yeah, so, like it, that's why sometimes I commend guys that lay off the ball that don't touch the ball a lot mm-hmm. because you know I just want to touch it. Yeah, even even if even if even if I catch it and pass it again, I just want to touch it. That makes that that relaxes me out there. So that's what I was. That's that's what relaxes me out there. So, so that's almost like your focus, you know, your focus can be kind of everywhere as soon as you touch it. Okay, focus is now 
back here. Yeah. I'm playing the same game that I was playing in sixth grade when dad's cussing me out after I did good and then hyping me when I did bad. It's the same, you know, thing, no matter how, mm-hmm. how bright the lights are. That's, that's crazy insight, bro. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, so you play for the Portland Trailblazers, and everybody knows, uh, you know, Dane Dollar. So talk to me about who, you know, in my eyes as a, as a guard, watching Dane and Steph, those two, what is, what's, he, what's he like? What was that like being a rookie with Dane? Because he's, he's different, I feel like, than other superstars. I don't know if he doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he deserves, you know, just as much as anybody else in the league because he's proven it. But what's he like? What's Dame like? I mean, he's he's authentic to me. So, like, he's just a – you know, he acts like a regular guy. You know, you would never know he's, you know, this, you know, top two-point guy in the league. So, um, you know, just learning from him. And, you know, he, he's pulling you to the side, teaching you things, even during the game. I'm not playing, but he pulls me while he's playing and, and teaches me something. You see this, you see this, you see this while I'm did, while I'm doing this. So, um, you know, he's just – he's authentic. I, you know, work out with him. Even throughout the year, I see him coming in at night because, you know, me and him work with the same trainer. So, I can see him coming at night, working on his game um, mid-season. And, you know, I don't see a lot of guys doing that. So, um, I think that, you know, speaks to, speaks to where he comes from and, knowing who he is and how hard he has to work just, just to, you know, stay ahead of people and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the guy's authentic, man. They, you, you can see in the work and why he's, he's become who he's become. Is he goofy? No, he's not a goofy guy. He's, he mess with you? he's not a goofy guy. I mean, he, you know, he likes to joke around a little bit and stuff. So, but um, I'm going to say goofy, like, you know, like kiddish goofy. But He's pretty serious. He's, so he's not like uh, JaVel McGee running around. No, nah, he's not like that, but he's okay. he's he's more he's 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 not serious all the time. No. Right, right, right. Like only time he's I see him serious before a game. He's weird, game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- those are the best kind of people to be around there. Goofy when they have to be, but they they can lock in, obviously. So yeah. what about uh, what about CJ? CJ, he's, I mean, he's the same exact way. He's authentic. He's going to tell you what it is. He doesn't care, you know, what people perceive him as. Um, and I, that's why that's why I respect him about him. Is that he he will say anything that he feels, and he won't, you know, feel any type of consequence of what he said. So, um, obviously, he put in a lot of hard work. You know, two guys that came from mid-majors, um, they know that they have to work just as hard as anybody else. So, um, you know, they I see the work that they put in day in and day out. And, um, you know, I see their confidence level. I see when they mess up, obviously they, they know when they mess up and they always, you know, try to come to me and teach me, you know, why they messed up and what they're going to do to fix it. So, yeah. um, you know, they always trying to teach me different things of, you know, um, you know, try to become the best player I can be. No, that's awesome. Obviously they, they got a lot of loyalty to Port, to Portland and the city. How are you liking it out there, man? It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a big culture change from from Florida, but it's something that I needed because, you know, I've been in Florida my whole life, so um, it's good to get as far as way as possible, and uh, you know, kind of gain a new family, you know, family and kind of get a new culture basically. 
Yeah, no, huge, huge, huge culture change and culture shock almost uh, that, you know, Pacific Northwest is a cool place to be. Uh, but obviously with your family, do they still live in Florida, I'm assuming, obviously where you're at right now? No, my, my parents moved to Portland with me. They did move to Portland? Yeah. yeah That's definitely. good. So, so did that help throughout the year, having family close and stuff? For sure. You know, having yeah. somebody here to talk to each and every night. They come into the games, they're watching it, so. Um, no, that's, you know, that's cool. It's cool man. to have them there. That's awesome. And I know not all, not all young players in the league get that, that opportunity, so that's really cool. What's the, uh, what's the best spot to eat out in Portland if we got anybody listening over there? Best spot to eat in Portland? Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite place is a steakhouse called El Gacho. So I like, okay. I like it. It's a steakhouse. It's pretty good. Okay, now I'm being um, I'm being selfish. Let's let's switch from Portland to Florida in my area within fifty, you know, an hour of me. Where's the best place to eat? You in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got anything in Miami? Miami. Come on, rack the brain. I know you got something. I know you've been to Prime. You had to been to Prime by now. No. Tell I didn't bring you to Prime yet. No. See, that's the thing. I'm still in college. I'm broke. Tyler's not, and he hasn't brought me to prime. Tyler needs to take you to prime. I that's know the he's spot. Been that's the that's the spot. Okay, it's a steakhouse. Yes, and um, there's a place I go to down down at which is called Big Pink. It's it's pretty good. What's that? But what's that all about? Steakhouse too? It's like no, it's like it's like a everything. They got everything. everything? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You're uh, you're named after. Who exactly? Tell the people. Penny Hardaway. Okay. So you, you watch, uh, you, did you grow up watching little film of Penny? Did, did Pops love Penny? Yeah, my parents did when okay. I was playing Orlando. Um, but my, my favorite player growing up was actually T-Mac. So that's the person I was able to grow up watching. You give off T-Mac vibes. You know that a little bit? The whole, the yeah. whole, hold on, hold on. Now, when he's on the court, what does he look like? His face. Facial expression. What is T Mac? He's pretty neutral. He's, He's like pretty neutral in his face expression the whole time. Yeah. And he'll have fifty like this. <laughs> that don't tell me that's not because when I played with you top one, I'm like, this dude's a killer, but the thing I love about him is there's there's breeds of killers, right? And you're the you're the breed that is just straight face the whole time. You know, if someone's gonna talk, you probably bark back, but other than that, it's it's pretty much even kill. Is that how it is for you, or are you, are you a talker low-key? I'm not a talker at all. I know you're not a talker. Honestly, I, honestly, I play worse when I talk. Really? Unless, unless, like, somebody already comes at me and talks. If I go out there and go out there and talk, I, I, I think I always play bad. Yeah. It's, I, it's pretty proven, in, proven how many times I tried it. <laughs> Did you try it more in high school than you do now? Yeah, I tried it. I remember one time I tried the IMG. I started barking in the first half. And I ended up like three fouls, and then for the whole first half, and ended up like three points. And then the second half, I just shut up, and I had like twenty-three the second half. So I just like I'm not talking ever again. I'm not starting anything or nobody. So this is this has been scientifically investigated trial and error for by sure. you, <laughs> for sure. Dude, that's that's good stuff, man. That's awesome. Uh, my my last thing I got in terms of you know you making the. I mean, iconic jump to the league that hasn't been done in so long because of the NCAA rule. 
what do you what do you feel about because now you're seeing you've been in the league now you know a few years and you're seeing these kids that are making the jump right so they're trying to do this this G League do you spend any time in the G League last year I did I only played like four games there down there I played four games what's the biggest difference there um you know obviously the big difference between the actual NBA and G, and G League, but um, other than that, I mean, guys are just as hungry. It's just as physical. It might be even more physical, honestly, than what's named um, than the mm-hmm. regular league. But um, no, the same. But you know, everybody's just as good. What What everybody's do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Because because these kids, these five kids that are going to make the jump, or however many are are going to do it, they're not going to play for any organization, right? They're not going to be part of it, at least from what yeah. I've heard. Uh, it's it's interesting, but what do you think? You know, that the biggest thing that they're going to need to you know understand or prove or or just any of your thoughts on this whole thing because it's crazy. It's it's a game changing, landscape changing, you know, thing that's going on. No, I think I think I think it's a really good deal because you know you're going to learn from you know NBA coaches basically and um, learning learning the NBA game and. Um, you know, obviously, the speed is going to be an adjustment for for anybody. The physicality is going to be an adjustment, especially guys coming out of high school. Um, you know, they might not be fully developed as, as men yet. So, um, I think that's the two things that that will help. And obviously, getting getting the IQ, building a basketball IQ is, is big. Yeah, you think you think it's going to be a good thing though, beneficial for for basketball in general to have this path. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I'm not against, you know, both somebody going to college or going to the league. I think you should just have an option to do both. Right. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing is now these these guys have the option, uh, you know, to make that that jump similar to what you did. But, but we'll uh, we'll obviously be keeping track of how that goes. You watching The Last Dance? What have you been up to in quarantine? Watching The Last Dance, playing video games, obviously working out. That's pretty much it. What, what what video games do you play? I've been on Warzone a lot. Oh yeah, Warzone, Madden. Yeah, you you, you stream? You on Twitch? I stream a little bit. Do you? I need to get a I need to get a camera though. Yeah, you I don't gotta, have a camera. You gotta get a gotta get a face cam that that adds to the whole thing. That'd be dope. I didn't I didn't know you were still you were on Twitch and stuff. Not yeah, a little a little bit. A little bit. I'll on there. I'll hop on there. You like doing it? It's cool. Just uh, to interact with interact with people. You know, guys a lot of people like playing video games. Yeah. So No, that's good stuff. What do you uh so are you sitting down, you know, mom, dad, chilling, watching the last dance, just kinda enjoying it? Or do I know you a little bit better than that and you're really trying to pull things out of there? No, I'm in my room locked in. Oh, you don't even watch it with the fam? Now I'm sitting right here, like you see my TV in the background, but I'm just sitting here in this chair, locked in the whole time. That's what. What, what have you pulled so far? Give me some stuff. What's your favorite part about it? I just nah. One thing I respect MJ is how much he was a leader, and not in even like in a different way. It was more of like he's pushing you to mm-hmm. be your best, so that he can that you can benefit the team. And um, people might think that he was a bad guy because he did that, but. I respect that honestly. I would want I would want my best player to do that for me. Is to if if I'm messing up, let me know. No matter how you say it, because I can you know obviously guys 
if you make it to this point, you've been cussed out before. You've been you've been criticized. Right. So, I mean, you should be able to take it. Yeah. Even if from the possibly, you know, the best guy, best player ever. So, um, I think you know that's that's probably the biggest thing that I take from it. I respect from it. No, obviously, no. and obviously how much hard how hard how hard work. So. Yeah, I mean, a whole different level, obviously, in terms of the time that he puts in. But I do, I like your point there about, you know, how he led because different leaders lead in different ways. Some people are vocal. You know, some people, you know, take Dame, for example. You were kind of talking, is he more, is he less likely to cuss you out running down the floor than he is to, you know, pull you after and be like, yo, this is what I'm seeing. We got to fix this or, you know, see how I'm doing this. Is he more like that? Or will he, you know, come at you? He'll do both. Yeah. I mean, if he feel like he really messing up, he'll come at you right away and let you know what it is. And if not, I mean, he'll tell you later on. He'll tell you this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. Um, but I think he's 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 both ways. He can be he could be that 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 vocal leader or that that, that leader that leads by example. No, that's that's good stuff. That's what I. That's what I assumed um, from him, but I was super, you know, as soon as Spencer told me that uh, I'd be sitting down talking to you, first thing that popped into my mind is I know he's, he's just learning from Dame on a, on a daily basis and being, you know, arguably, arguably the best point guard in the league. I mean, that, that's – I know you wearing red right now. You, you would weigh in on that because I think that's, that's definitely out there in the, in the cloud. That's an argument right now, so – it's, yeah. a, it, it's a good insight to have. All right, Ant. Now we're going to finish up all right, episode two, which you killed, by the way, and I appreciate you. little game yeah. here. Now, I've, this whole game stuff is above my head. This is production level. All the real smart people are like, this, this helps. People like watching it, so we're going to play it, all right? All right. All right, this, this game is called Start Bench Trade. You have the option to skip at any time. You're an NBA player. Most of these guys are NBA NBA guys. I, I hope they didn't. Not not a lot of them are, you know, current guys because I understand you're a competitor and you probably wouldn't even want to get into that. So we're going to get into it real quick. Big fellas, you can start one, you can bench one, and you can boot one. You're the GM. Big fellas, Shaq, Joel Embiid, and Yao Ming. Star Shack, that's a must. Yep. Man. A healthy Joel Embiid, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a bench him. Yep. Healthy healthy Embiid is, is amazing. And then obviously I gotta cut Yami even though I love Yami. Okay, okay, okay. But that but Joel Embiid can do more. Right, right, right. That goes without saying. All these people that he's gonna have to trade, uh, he obviously still respects. Uh, Swaggy P, I like this. This is this is my favorite uh, category. Swaggy P, J.R. Smith, Dennis Rodman. That's actually a tough one too. Start Dennis. Bench. I'm gonna bench Jr. Okay. Then cut cut Swaggy. You're saying this, this is my play. play. Okay. This uh, is my play. All right, here we go. The 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 debate everybody loves: LeBron, Kobe, Mike. Actually, forget forget start bench trade. Just give me rank one, two, three. MJ, Kobe, LeBron. That's my list, by the way. Go ahead, let me hear it. Come on, come on. MJ, Brown, Kobe. 
MJ Bronco, we, oh my goodness. No, okay, okay. That's normally what I get, but man, the amount of arguments about Kobe over LeBron, but we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into it. Okay, here we go. I mean, you, he, I don't know. So you can go, you can, that's not like a Lance it's not a, type deal. That's I, don't think, I don't think it's, it's clear, clear cut, but um, I think if somebody brings up a good argument for Kobe, then I, you know, I will, I will totally agree. Yeah, no, I because feel it's not like it's. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's quick cut like that. Right, right, right. I feel you. Okay, your boys at IMG, uh, Armando, Jeremiah. These guys are obviously in college now, but at the time, Armando, Jeremiah, and Josh Green. Did they all declare, by the way, or Jeremiah? He's coming back. Jer- to the- Jeremiah and Armando staying, I think. And Josh is out. Okay. Josh okay. is out. Those three. I'm gonna go Josh, Jeremiah, Armando. Josh, Jeremiah, Armando. Armando's out. The trade Armando, but you got I like, I, But even though I played with Jeremiah, we played Jeremiah at top 100. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta put Jeremiah there. Yep. Okay. Um, do do do. Let's see. Hmm. I think I know the answer to this one, but uh, Carmelo, Dame, or CJ. Carmelo, Dame, or CJ? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, you got to choose out of three or start bench cut? Start bench, start bench. Are we talking about right now? Start bench trade. Carmelo, Dame, CJ. We're talking about the players right now. Yeah, yeah. This is your last one. So, I mean, I know, I think I know the answer. We'll see. We'll see. You got to go Dame, CJ, Melo. That's enough. You answered it. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't think you'd answer that one. But obviously, he said. Melo's my guy. Those are those are his guys. He's starting all of them, and uh, and that's just how it is. Three guys he's obviously learned from. You learn a lot from Melo since he's been, you know, back. Sure. Yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, yeah, Carmelo's a guy. He's, he's a man. A guy? He's a guy. He's a good dude. You're a guy, and I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. Uh, you got anything else for the people? Any anything you want to say? You know, I got, I got one question for you though. What's up? No, I ain't been, I've, I've never been to college, so I want to ask how college is. <laughs> uh, I get I get a twelve hundred dollar check per month, so financially, you're in a better situation. You made what, the what money. What is that? What is that? Is that a cost of attendance? Yeah, it's cost, of, cost attendance of attendance and all that stuff. Financially, you made the you made the better choice, you know, doing that thing. Uh, I don't know culturally. I love WVU. I love everything about it. It's, uh, it's been up and down um, in terms of performance, team performance, personal and stuff, but I've learned a lot over the past two years. Hugs is hard as hell to play for, um, you know, and, and that, that's said with love because everybody knows that he demands the most out of you, and that's why I chose to play for him is because I knew it wouldn't be the easy route, um, and, uh, and it's been good. But, yeah, if we're talking about finances, Ant, it's, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about basketball. Right? Talking, and, about basketball. talking about basketball. Talking about basketball. School. You want to do something like that? Just a daily, just a just a daily life of. I know, I know, and I, I want, I want like. I'm in a political science class. I can, I can shoot you. Uh, I can shoot you uh, some scan of the book, and you can read through it and answer my questions if you want. <laughs> no, it's good, man. I mean, it's uh, it's challenging. You know, juggling just time constantly. Um, 
obviously time management's huge for you, but in a different, in a different way. I was talking to Tyler actually earlier today about his adjustment from Kentucky uh, to the NBA. And he was like, I just feel like I have so much more time. I don't know if that's how you feel. You feel like you got a lot of time? You really do. For real? You really do. It's like you're done with practice and it's two and you have nothing else to do until the next day until like 12. See, that, that couldn't be further from, from what college basketball is, man. You jumped over, you jumped over a, a time in your life where it's like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and you're just going, going, going. Wake up. You're a guy who's going to work out probably in the morning. Get your stuff mm-hmm. done. You're going to go to class. Um, this is what my daily schedule looks like. I work out. I go to class. I come back. I got study hall. I got weights. And then I got practice. And then I shoot after. And then by that time, like it's literally sometimes 9 p.m. Man. So you made a great decision, and I'm happy Man. for you that you got all the time in the world to play Call of Duty. And that's the only reason you're better than me at Call of Duty is because you you got all the time. That's the only that's reason. not true. That's the only reason. We might have I'm, to actually, I'm actually pretty good at it. Are you, are you on Xbox? I'm not. But it's cross-platform now. Platform? It is. It is? It's cross-platform. Okay. Well, I'm still going to get your stuff after this. So we're going right. to find out that and maybe jump on Twitch? Possibly. All right. Possibly. That sounds good to me, man. I got to get a camera, though. I got to get a camera. Well, yeah, you got you to get a camera, no doubt. That's your first investment. I think it'd be great for you to do it, man, because you killed this, and I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. Appreciate it, my guy.